Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height uh, stepping into the booth here to fill in for Ed Martin today. Uh, but uh, we do uh, still get to hear Mr. Ed's voice. Uh, we are going to replay a couple of great interviews that I think uh, are worthy of being heard again. But I get to be with you here at the beginning and the end of the show, which I'm very excited about. There's a lot going on. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, but first... Let me remind you, go to ProAmericaReport.com. There at ProAmericaReport.com, you can find all of the past uh, show segments and the full podcasts, all the notes, the links, everything that we talk about is there. It's a great resource for you. That is the best resource to share with someone, and you will usually see it posted uh, there at ProAmericaReport.com the next day uh, after these uh, show files air. So uh, it's pretty quick, the turnaround. But I think it's important that uh, we all know where those are and get on and use our our power of sharing. Use the power of uh, spreading and speaking the truth. And uh, that is exactly what we're going to hear about today. First of all, uh, you're going to hear again from Mike Davis uh, talking about uh, what's happened uh, this week, the FBI stonewalling congressional oversight. That has just uh, almost gotten buried underneath the news about the debt ceiling deal, but it's something that has to be talked about. It's absolutely incredible, the information that's coming out with documents to prove it. Uh, and then likewise, want to talk about uh, things at the border. Uh, Adam Angievsky uh, from our our uh, good uh, friends over at Open the Books. Adam came on and talked last week about something uh, really major that's going on at the border when it comes to unaccompanied minor children and billions and billions of dollars uh, that the federal government is spending on them. Both incredibly important. We'll get to those. But let's talk about the last 24 hours. Well, not even. Not even the last 24 hours. And uh, this is going to get us into our wink for the day. And and bear with me here. I'm going to try to wrap this up. But, man, we've got a lot that has happened. Uh, so if you're not familiar, what's going on is uh, The Daily Wire uh, and Matt Walsh, who've produced uh, the wonderful documentary What is a Woman, uh, if you haven't seen it, you should. And guess what? You still can. Uh, because to celebrate, I believe this was the one-year anniversary to celebrate that, they were going to put it up uh, free outside of their Daily Wire Plus paywall, free for 24 hours on Twitter. And man... Did that take off from there? They apparently, and, and Jeremy Boring, the uh, the CEO of the Daily Wire, he put a huge Twitter thread up explaining they had a deal with Twitter. Uh, Twitter and the Daily Wire had a deal to premiere What is a Woman for free. And after uh, all of the uh, all of the planning that they had around a launch page, around uh, promotion, around bringing people to this, apparently uh, some of the folks over at Twitter actually reviewed the documentary, the film, and decided that there were two instances of misgendering. Not even kidding. Uh, a, a man in the uh, documentary referring to his son, who is, uh, I believe his wife uh, was supporting uh, transitioning. He, he, or I'm sorry, no, his daughter. He was referring to his daughter as, as she, as her. And this is a young person who the other parent wanted uh, to allow this young person to transition to uh, being a male, which, of course, you and I know isn't going to happen. That's that's not reality. Uh, no matter how many uh, surgeries and drugs uh, you give yourself or give your child, uh, it just doesn't work. But that and another man uh, uh, referring to uh, someone as uh, <laughs> someone as a man who obviously was a man, even though he was uh, pretending to be a woman. Uh, these two things are enough to cancel. Uh, this deal, so it seems. Uh, and immediately, the Daily Wire folks, Matt Walsh, who have worked tirelessly to promote this, who worked tirelessly to produce this film, took to Twitter, took to their airwaves, took to everywhere to appeal straight to Elon Musk, uh, who has uh, done a pretty good job putting up uh, free speech, 
first and foremost as the value of Twitter now. Uh, they appealed straight to him. They went out and let everyone know what was going to happen, said they were going to post it anyway, even if it got throttled, even if it got censored. They were still going to march forward. And guess what? Sure enough, last night they posted at about uh, 8.15 Eastern Time. It was almost instantly labeled as violent uh, or hateful conduct and was uh, immediately thrown up with a, a warning on the front of it. You might not want to proceed because there's dangerous stuff beyond this, dangerous stuff beyond this. But guess what? Within hours, so many things happened. So many dominoes fell. Uh, last night we went to bed with, uh, let me see here, where, where did it uh, Where did it go? Let me pull this up in front of me so I can quote this correctly to you uh, because this matters. A lot has gone on. Uh, but last night, uh, in replying to one of those uh, appeals to him, Elon Musk replied uh, to the CEO of the Daily Wire and all the other accounts that we're updating the system uh, tomorrow so that those who follow the Daily Wire will see this video in their feed, but it won't be recommended to non-followers, nor will any advertising be associated with it. This is last night, uh, 8.47 p.m., a half hour after it was released and this is kind of following in line with, uh, I think, what Elon Musk has uh, stated before, the speech, not reach. Yes, you're allowed to say it. No, that doesn't mean we'll help anyone see it. I mean, all that is is shadow banning, but admitting it, in my opinion. And again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Elon. I'm a fan of what Elon's done here with Twitter. It's been moving in the right direction, but let's make no mistake about how far they are or aren't willing to go. Uh, but that at, at 8.45 Eastern last night and at 8.25 Eastern this morning, Elon Musk posts the video, retweets the, or quote tweets the Daily Wire post with the entire video and says every parent should watch this. And then he pins that tweet to the top of his page. Wow. Wow. What a change. What a turnaround in 12 hours to go from a very corporate uh, liability sounding answer of speech, not reach, to every parent should watch this, pinning it, the CEO, uh, still the CEO of Twitter, pinning it to the top of his page, and there's no restrictions. They're all gone. Uh, and in fact, people have quit over it, it turns out. Um, I think it was the uh, head of Trust and Safety, uh, the uh, Twitter's uh, uh, um, executive over the head of Trust and Safety Department, uh, abruptly resigned yesterday afternoon. I can't imagine that it wouldn't be related to this. Uh, and again, there's even rumors uh, today of another executive who was in the uh, brand safety and quality that works with the advertisers uh, on Twitter. It's rumored that he's leaving now as well. And um, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm left to assume we don't know the internals of it all, but I'm left to assume that uh, Elon Musk and some of the others have watched this film and it made an incredible impact. And uh, sure enough, I, I mean, what a wild ride over just 12 hours, let alone the 24 that we're still inside of. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. And you know what the value is here? The truth speaks for itself. Let people watch. Uh, and if you've not seen the film, you should. It's not even Matt Walsh sitting down, the Daily Wire crew sitting down and telling you what you ought to, what you ought to think about this. They are letting people on both sides of the issue speak for themselves. And is it jaw-dropping and revealing? It is. You should go watch it. You've got a few hours left. It's free on Twitter. So that's what you need to know. The truth speaks for itself, and we must be relentless in speaking the truth. That's it. 
That's what you need to know. We must be relentless in speaking the truth. Look what turnaround has happened. It is absolutely incredible. I tell you what, you want to know who won the first day of so-called Pride Month? The Daily Wire. You want to know who's shaping them to win day two of so-called Pride Month? The Daily Wire. Uh, with What is a Woman? Their, their incredible documentary. Everyone, you need to go see it. Go to Twitter. Follow The Daily Wire. Follow Matt Walsh. Follow Jeremy Boring. Uh, and see what's going on in the background. Because the incredible turnaround on this issue has just been uh, a roller coaster ride of awesome. Uh, and I, I truly believe it is because the truth is so powerful that it cannot be contained. If you if you make this documentary the way that they did, if you put it out there and relentlessly push for it to be seen, push for it to be public, the truth will win. We must relentlessly speak the truth. That is what The Daily Wire has done. That's what Matt Walsh is doing now. Uh, and I tell you what, I, for one, am grateful for them. And uh, that is a model that we need to follow. So that's what you need to know. We're going to do that a little bit more here. We're going to talk to a couple of truth tellers. Uh, Adam Andrzejewski, Mike Davis will be back uh, here in just a moment with uh, Ed Martin interviewing them and talking about a few things that you really do need to know about. So be back. Don't miss out on it. It is important stuff. Speak the truth. Be bold. Be courageous. Uh, you will find victory in that, just like the Daily Wire is winning Twitter and apparently winning Elon Musk's mind on this issue. So uh, that's what you need to know. There's a lot more around it, but we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining. Again, go to ProAmericaReport.com. You'll pick the segment up after the fact. Share it with your friends. Head over to Twitter. See all the action that's going on here. At Eagle Ed Martin is where you'll find Ed and his posts and all of these shows, all of these links, all of these segments. And we will see you back here after the break. We will be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Time to check in with Mike Davis. Mike Davis, of course, has the worst Twitter handle in the history of the world. His Twitter handle is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A. Uh, I don't even know why, but I'll just retweet him and I'll put his Twitter handle up in my uh, in my uh, social media. He is, of course, uh, the founder of the Article 3 Project. If you go to article3project.com, I think I got that right. Article 3, the number 3, project.com. Uh, and uh, he and I were exchanging texts. Uh, he had a great point on uh, the Hunter Biden's, uh, the Joe Biden stuff we'll get to. But welcome back, uh, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well, Ed, and I also have a terrible face, and so I'm perfect for radio. So that's right. You. That's right. Yeah, that's, it is true. I agree with that. But all right. Hey, you tweeted this the other day. The FBI is now admitting that it has a document that shows uh, Vice President Biden, then Vice President Biden, took a foreign bribe. And so, but first of all, re- recount for me, Mike, and, and our listeners, the FBI is resisting a subpoena from the House, um, and pretty forcefully at this point that i mean meaning they're just he's just stonewalling ray right i mean and so you know we did this once before i think even eric holder the attorney general was held in contempt i don't know that there's any way to get him to do this what's is there is this a showdown with the house is there a way this goes forward successfully for we the people well i'll tell you what i think chris ray's already caving to the pressure what what happened what has happened here is the fbi has eight documents that then Vice President Joe Biden took a $5 million foreign bribe from China and changed American policy. And the FBI has covered up for Joe Biden for years. Uh, My former boss, Chuck Grassley, Senator Chuck Grassley, along with House Oversight Chairman James Comer, got 
wind of this, uh, presumably from a whistleblower. They have seen this document, so they know it exists. The FBI tried to tried to pretend like this this document never existed. Then the FBI is trying to say that it was you know you can't interfere with law enforcement and you're going to reveal sources and methods, which is the typical obstruction BS that comes out of the FBI. The FBI has to be accountable to the American people through our elected uh, members of Congress. They're not above the law, even though we've treated them like they're above the law for way too long. They have this document. There's no legitimate reason that Congress cannot see this document. This document shows that the president of the United States States is compromised by corrupt foreign dealings, including uh, as evidenced by the fact that he was willing to sell out that one of the highest offices in the land to our worst enemy for personal gain when he was the vice president. So there's no question the FBI is going to have to turn over this document. Chris Ray not only should be held in contempt of Congress, he should be impeached and House Republicans should just cut off the FBI director's funding, cut off his airplane, cut off his the perks of his office until he caves. Uh, is, is is so the your point is we're talking Mike Davis again, uh, founder and the head of the Article Three Project, and uh, and uh, great commentator on the law and and all the branches of the federal government since he's actually served in each of them. Um, your point is the way this fight has to take place is is controlling the money, right? I mean, you, you can say, do this, do this, do this. It's the right thing to do. Ultimately, if they don't do it, you can hold them in contempt. You can uh, hold the, hold back the money. I mean, because that's the, so that, but that showdown, Mike, won't that showdown, won't part of this be, uh, play out the string, I- exchanging letters, uh, maybe getting to something and sort of, uh, delay, delay, delay? Well, I mean, we, we've seen that it, exchanging letters actually works, as we've seen here. I mean, they're actually showing, that they're actually telling members of Congress they can go to the FBI and look at this document, which they right. never do in the past. That they're there's they're just completely obstructionist. Here's the deal: the FBI got caught covering up for Joe Biden. This is part of the FBI's pattern of interfering in the the presidential elections. They did this in 2016, and as we've discussed, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State had an illegal home ser- server. That was hacked by our foreign enemies that showed evidence that the Clinton Foundation was an illegal pay for play bribery schemes while she was the secretary of state. So what does the FBI do? They collude with Hillary's campaign, President Obama, Vice President Biden, the attorney general, the CIA director to concoct the Russian collusion hoax and unleash the crossfire hurricane investigation that hobbled Trump for three years. Right. And then in 2020, The FBI interfered again because they covered up that Joe Biden was corrupted, compromised by millions of dollars of Chinese, Ukrainian, Romanian, other corrupt foreign payments to Joe Biden and every scumbag sleazeball Biden, except for the four year old granddaughter who they don't uh, who they don't acknowledge. And then in 2024, the FBI interfered again because Trump declassified via presidential memo the day before he left office and took his copy of the crossfire hurricane records. And Biden knows that those are so damning. So he worked with Garland to send in the FBI to go get back these records. They went to that biased magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhardt, who had just recused from Trump's civil lawsuit versus Hillary six weeks prior because of his Facebook post where there's magistrate judge was bashing Trump. Somehow this judicial bias went away six weeks later when they did this home raid 
on President Trump to go get back these crossfire hurricane records. They pretended like they were going back to to get classified records. Presidents, former presidents are allowed to take their records, their presidential records when they leave office, including classified records. That's why Congress gives them secure office space called SCIFs, the office of the former president with federally funded staff with security clearances with Secret Service protection. It was just a complete bogus cover to say that they were going to get back classified documents from Trump because he's allowed to have these classified documents under the Presidential Records Act. Uh, Mike Davis, our guest. Um, Mike, um, but so the showdown, by, by the way, Crossfire Hurricane, those documents, who else has that? I mean, does well, somebody else have a copy of that? Because now that it's been snapped up by the FBI, is it going to be gone? Well, that's a very good question, because that was the whole point of the raid. How, how else do you justify <clears throat> an unprecedented, unnecessary, unlawful home raid where you just simply ignore the Presidential Records Act, the, the, the statute that is directly on point for former presidents having their records? You ignore that. You go to a biased judge. You get this BS home raid, you send in an army of FBI agents and do this high profile home raid. And then you you tamper with the evidence. You take the folders of the classified documents and arrange them in the way that makes it look like it was just horrific. Like Trump was just so reckless with classified documents that he had them just strewn all over his office floor. It's This was a complete setup. It was to get back these crossfire hurricane records. And that's a very good question at who has another copy. I understand from news reporting that Biden actually tried to re- and Biden reclassified these cro- crossfire hurricane records and he's trying to bury them. He does not want the American people to know that Obama, Biden, the attorney general, the CIA director, the FBI colluded with Hillary Clinton's campaign to try to to try to steal the 2016 election from Trump and give it to Hillary. But 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 does the Durham does the Durham uh, invest did the Durham invest did the Durham investigation have a full set of them and insofar as that was a special investigation I don't know that that's a, that's a term I'm using I'm using does that do they have a set and more importantly does the Durham report which I have not read closely I know you have read read it um, I think but um, does it does it conclusively say doesn't doesn't it already say Obama and Biden were involved that they were there they were in the room they knew it. Yes, absolutely. It says that. And that's that it's amazing how the media has just chosen to ignore that. There is a classified part of of Durham's report that I I presume includes a lot of these crossfire hurricane records that Biden snatched. But you never know. And who knows? And that's why when House Republicans call in Durham for uh, for for their oversight hearings, they should ask them these kind of questions. I'd like to know why Durham did not interview uh, then FBI or former FBI director James Comey or former FBI deputy director Andrew McCabe or former FBI senior intel official Peter Strzok. These were all dirty actors in all this. They uh, Apparently, John Durham didn't interview them. Why not? Why didn't he subpoena them? We're beyond the statute of limitations. What would be any Fifth Amendment issue with them trying to claim the Fifth Amendment if we're beyond the statute of limitations? Why didn't he subpoenaed them and have them make these claims from the Fifth Amendment. Why didn't he try to uh, give some people immunity to get to the bottom of this? There are a lot of questions. Maybe maybe Durham uh, has a very good reason for the way he handled things. He, I mean, he was able to put out this very damning report, and I know that that was no easy task, but why did it take so long for him to do this? Why did it, 
it takes so long that now we're beyond the statute of limitations. Why didn't he interview the key bad actors? And so those are questions that House Republicans need to ask. Does it does a document like um, the Office of Special Counsel's report, the the John the so-called Durham report, um, as a matter of um, I guess legal practice? So I guess the law. It's not a legal conclusion, right? It's a report to the attorney general saying, you asked me to look at this. Here's what I, I, I see. In other words, it doesn't have the force of a, of a court filing, um, do, uh, uh, right? Is that correct? And sort of what does it have the weight of then? I mean, it, Just it would be like any, it would, I would I would compare it to any prosecutor's. Uh, you know, I would I would compare it to a prosecutor making allegations. Right. OK. Right. They still right. would need to be they would still need to be proven in court beyond right. a reasonable doubt. Right. Right. You can't look at this report and say this person's guilty or that person's guilty because it's in this report. But I would say that, you know, if there if the if there is evidence in this report and there's not contradictory evidence or not contrary evidence, uh, you know, it's pretty damning for the people who are implicated in the report. All right. One last thing, Mike Davis, what triggered what triggered me to call you to want to talk to you and get you on the air and get an update from you. Again, we're talking with uh, Mike Davis, Article three project, uh, Article three project uh, dot com um, is your tweet. Uh, and you said, OK, now that the FBI has admitted that there are documents that tie then Vice President uh, Biden to what looks like a bribery scheme or at least payments. Now you can bet on an indictment. And you went on to say, not an indictment of Biden, but it'll be a Trump indictment. I, I mean, within minutes of me seeing your tweet, there was this leaked report, I think, to NBC, which means it came straight from the intelligence community, as far as I can tell. And it said we've got a we've got an audio tape of Donald Trump saying I totally, uh, you know, knew it was class. Everything was classified. And I'm telling you whatever. I, I don't even know the details. Of course, it didn't say the details, just said dramatic. Now, I've noticed the uh, that that reporting has slowed. Uh, but tell me what your thoughts are. And now you've got, I don't know, five or six years of consistent uh, record of what will happen to Trump and what the media will do. What's your thoughts that happens next? They're they're absolutely going to indict him. They indicted him with their Soros funded Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg with bogus charges up in New York. Uh, you know of this bogus election law theory that was passed over by the prior Manhattan DA, the the U.S. Attorney, the Federal Election Commission, Alvin Bragg himself, before he took heat from the left and brought in this Matthew Colangelo from the Biden Justice Department and cooked up this bogus theory to indict Trump and. That's that's part of the lawfare up in Manhattan. There's also the Jack Smith investigation for the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, along with President Trump objecting to the 2020 presidential election, which is specifically allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887. And then you have Fannie Willis out in Fulton County, Georgia, who's looking also at the objection to the presidential election. It is it is only a crime to object to presidential elections in third world Marxist hellholes. You actually <laughs> have a statutory right under the Electoral Count Act of 1887 to object. You also have a First Amendment right to object right. To, uh, to presidential elections. And that includes twisting arms. That's part of the political process. It's not a crime. Politics is a messy business and it's not a criminal bu- business unless you're trying to put your enemies in jail like they do in third world Marxist hellholes. So as to Jack Smith on the presidential records, of course, just like I said in my tweet, it was like on cue, the second Biden got cornered with this clear evidence, 
that he took a foreign bribe, $5 million foreign bribe from China and changed American policy as VP. Uh, the, the FBI director admitted that that document exists. And so what happens? Garland's puppet special counsel, Jack Smith, this partisan Democrat operative, decides to selectively leak out, leak out that Trump had this document. Again, Ed, here's the key point. Former presidents are allowed to take their president. Former presidents are allowed to have their presidential records. They're allowed to take their presidential records when they leave office. It does not matter whether they're classified or not, because as we discussed, Congress gives them all these, uh, you know, that the office of former president and all these security measures, these documents never leaked for the 18 months that Trump had them after he left the White House. And remember, he used Mar-a-Lago as his office as the president of the United States. So it's clearly secure. They only started leaking when Biden and Garland sent their their FBI agents to go raid Mar-a-Lago and get back these documents, including the crossfire hurricane documents. It is not illegal for President Trump to have his records. He is allowed to take his presidential records. And there is a there is a Clinton sock drawer, drawer case. President Clinton had uh, it was like 79 audio recordings, eight years of highly classified audio recordings of his presidency, including discussions he had with foreign leaders. And he had these in his sock drawer, these 79 tapes in his sock drawer. And this Obama judge correctly ruled that under the Presidential Records Act, when presidents take their presidential records, the mere act of taking them when they leave office declassifies them and makes them personal right. under the Presidential right. Records Act. Right. So. If if President Trump took records with him, even classified records, it doesn't matter if if he didn't understand the law or if he misunderstood the law. It doesn't matter. The, 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 as a matter of law, those are his presidential records. He's allowed to have them, and they're declassified. Yeah. Well, we can uh, we can rest assured. I think, Mike, uh, you've proven that we're going to have there'll be more media coverage and more actions by the uh, by the left as things get closer and closer to um, to Joe Biden. All right, Mike Davis. Thank you as always. Appreciate it. Article Three Project dot com. Check it out there. Follow him on Twitter. I'll retweet it, uh, and we will talk again soon. Mike Davis. Everybody, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a while since we talked to our old friend, Adam Anjevsky. Adam Anjevsky is the founder and the CEO, the head of OpenTheBooks.com. OpenTheBooks.com. You go there. It's almost, uh, if you're like me, it's a, it's a uh, haunting website because I get pulled in. I'm like reading all about the, the endowments of major, our, our wealthiest universities. They've got, uh, he's got some of the data there. He's got California spending, all different kinds of things. Well, I got a press release from his team the other day and I said, let's see if I can get Adam on because they have, um, um, looked at federal spending. So openthebooks.com, transparency portal. They go out and find out what's being spent. They put it up in a way that you can see, but also they do analysis. So here's the one. The feds last year, the federal government spent $2.7 billion, almost $18,000 per child uh, for unaccompanied minors at the border. Now, I get let me I'll break this out with him. It's it's back over the last decade or so. It's a total of thirteen billion dollars, but it accelerated last year. So first of all, let me welcome Adam Anjevsky to the program. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing well, Ed. I you know, over the course of the last two years of the Biden administration, this unaccompanied minor children problem has ab- absolutely exploded. Two hundred and sixty thousand unaccompanied minors at the border. 
uh, look, this is a human health catastrophe. It's overwhelming systems. The bad actors are gaming the system for human trafficking of these children and our federal agencies. They cannot defend or support with services such a gross number, 260,000 minors that have that have crossed the completely crossed the uh, southern border. Where, where, Adam, where does the number, where do the numbers come from? And meaning when you go to look at this, is this a number that's, that's, uh, in, uh, Homeland Security? Is it a number that's customs of borders? Is it a uh, social services? And, and is it, is it complete? Do you think? Do you know? So it's a number that comes out of the Depart- U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. There's a subdivision called Office of Refugee Resettlement, and they handle the program for unaccompanied minors and so the numbers actually come from their website and so over the course of the past decade you know we pulled the federal grant funding into that into the nonprofit organizations from that unaccompanied minors children program and it's a staggering amount of money it's 13 billion dollars over the course of the last 10 years it's you know it's a staggering amount of money per child you know, just just last year, it was $18,000 per unaccompanied minor. Most of these children came across the southern border in Texas. So we took a look at the amount of money that the state of Texas spends on average per pupil in the classroom in the K through 12 schools, and it's less than $10,000 per student. So we're spending about double for every single unaccompanied minor. And make no mistake, Ed, this is the law of unintended consequences. This is what you get. You get 260,000 unaccompanied children coming across that border in the last two years because of the open borders policy and a lack of enforcement on the border from the Biden administration. This is on them. Uh, Adam, it's um, it's so this again, we're talking about Adam Andrzejewski and his open the books dot com, his organization. Does, did this, this came out a couple days ago. I don't think I'm, I'm on the, on the actual right on the first day of this. So did this one get attention? I know you've been masterful, you know, for, uh, many years at getting attention on some of these issues. You know, you have the, the, your team, I think, and you, you, hey, hey, look at this. Did this one get attention? I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how often the border issues are ignored. I mean, this is a, this is a concrete, you know, when someone says, we don't know what happens to the people when they come. We don't know what happens to the unaccompanied minors. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. This, in this case, we know something. This is a data point. Did this get any attention, any pickup, any response, either from the media or from the policymakers? Or I don't know, does the White House have a press guy email you and say, cut it out? I mean, anybody responding to this? This has gone to the proper House Congressional Oversight Committees. They're highly interested in it. This is the first time that numbers have actually been put on it in terms of federal grant making over the course of the last decade, last year. So you properly mentioned in my introduction that it was $2.7 billion last year. The B is a staggering amount of money. That was up year over year by $1 billion. So, Ed, over the course of the past two years, $4.4 $4.4 billion of taxpayer money has gone to care for the unaccompanied children that have been that have come across without guardians, without caretakers across our southern border. This is a human health catastrophe. It's overwhelmed the entire system. And now we have congressional testimony that the bad actors have completely gamed this system. You know, they are bad actors are actually sponsoring out these children from the federal agencies and trafficking them. 
Hmm. Is um, uh, uh, our, our guest is Adam Manjewski, and Adam, uh, founder of OpenTheBooks.com. He's been a guest before again, and on that website, you'll see lots of stuff that's really interesting. It's a, it's a very very helpful resource. Um, Adam, in your experience, when you see something like this, I mean, you started to mention the the cost comparison. If you'd put every kid in school uh, in Texas, it was about half as much as it looks like the federal government was spending. But there's also um, uh, a sort of um, related i if we were if we just thought this was an economic impact statement and we're like oh look at how much money's being uh, generated but what we know is that there's lots and lots of entities that are uh, alongside the government and you know i think you and i could spend a, a a show or two on groups like catholic charities in in some communities that that get a lot of federal money uh, to do things that are alongside this is that is it likely that there's a whole bunch of other federal dollars that you you know you ne- don't necessarily see yet because what you were looking at in this case was the was the uh the stuff that's coming from the specific parts of the government uh in the US Department of Health and Human Services they have a refugee resettlement uh a department is there is there a chance there's more uh, uh, in your instinct is that is it likely that there's a lot more spending alongside it well there is there's so this is completely the U.S. government grants to those nonprofit organizations. Oh, this includes that? This includes that? Well, it's only the grants. So you oh. actually have the other side of the equation. You've got the whole federal infrastructure and their agency budgets that actually uh, support all these different programs. That would be the extra cost. So you're I right. It's not the total cost of you know uh, taxpayer money helping unaccompanied minors. Make no mistake. I mean, have to take care of the children under 18 that are coming across the border. You have to, you have to make sure that they're housed, educated, you know, that they have the advantages of legal services and the soft social safety net. They cannot take care of themselves, but the system is failing them. The director of this program last month, just in front of Congress, couldn't answer basic questions. There are now at 85,000 of these minors that they don't know where they're located within the country. They have lost these minors within the borders of our country. Uh, they're supposed to check in on monthly wellness checks. There's 85,000 of these uh, sponsors that aren't picking up the phone. So our agencies have no idea where they're at. Uh, Adam, again, back to my question uh, a little earlier and uh, say it point blank. Um, this looks like a horrendous problem that should be a data point. I know you said the House and the Senate or the House, some of the House oversight committees are interested in at the U.S. House. They're saying, hey, wait, let's look at these numbers. Any media pickup? I mean, th- this is yeah. this becomes this becomes the th- this becomes a, a clear indication of if you want to if you just want to go to it, it bleeds, it leads kind of coverage. You can say it, when you can't find a bunch of uh, uh, children, they're being uh, some percentage are being trafficked. Right. Uh, when you can't find a bunch of people. People, some percentage are being left in poverty that's below what we should have, whatever. There's lots of ways you can make it make it sound dramatic. This is a data point of a problem. Is the media, the you know, the, the, broadly speaking, are they seeing this? Well, uh, you jumped on it right away, Ed. So we broke this yesterday. I'm on the radio with you today. Earlier this morning, I did the national desk at Sinclair Broadcast Group. They own 200 ABC, NBC, CBS stations across the country. On Monday morning, you know, I mean, now we're into a Memorial Day weekend, unfortunately. But on Monday morning, on Memorial Day, I'm on Newsmax, Wake Up America program on this topic. Um, we're I, I'm doing other TV on it uh, today. So. You know, Somewhere. I think it's going to be an absolutely huge story, and and I think we're just getting started on the exposure. 
Okay, well, that's good. That that's what I wanted. To, I, I, that's my encouragement. I mean, it's one of the reasons I jumped on it when I saw it. I thought this is one that you got to start moving. And you know, whether it's only in in the more conservative sides, although half the time when you're looking at this, there's plenty of reasons for Republicans, not just Democrats, to say we failed or someone failed. So that's one of Adam Andrzejewski's uh, strengths in his group. It's um, you don't have to pick a side; just open the books. So openthebooks.com. Right. Hey, Adam, thank you for making the time. Good luck with everything. Uh, have a great uh, weekend. I'm glad. I'm sorry you're working, but I'm glad you're going to be working on Memorial Day, getting the word out. Absolutely. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for the platform here to help educate the American people. Great. Adam Andrzejewski, everybody, uh, go to openthebooks.com. Check it out. I'll put a link uh, to uh, this story and uh, to this uh, to the coverage of this, and we'll stay on it. So uh, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. By indicting former President Donald Trump, the New York County prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, infringed on the First Amendment rights of all Americans. Every American has a right to an unfettered debate and campaign by candidates, including Trump, for our nation's highest elected office. This indictment interferes with the 2024 presidential election by hampering the full participation of a leading candidate and the right of Americans to benefit from his undivided attention to his campaign. One Democrat district attorney in New York City infringes on all these rights by indicting the front-runner Republican candidate Donald J. Trump. The late Justice Thurgood Marshall wrote in 1972 that the freedom to speak and the freedom to hear are inseparable. They are two sides of the same coin. Ignoring Marshall's wise words, Democrats are interfering with the right of every American to hear from Donald Trump without distraction by an improper prosecution. Trump's ability to hold campaign rallies and meet with supporters is impeded by the indictment and potentially other unprecedented indictments of him. Perhaps more than anything else, this indictment is a blatant attempt to generate talk around Donald Trump that does not involve the actual issues of the campaign. Americans care about immigration, military superiority, and most especially the failing economy. The narrative machine knows this, so they're using leftist district attorneys to change the narrative to be about meaningless charges instead. They know they will lose on the issues, so they deflect. The U.S. Supreme Court should shut down this and any other criminal prosecutions of a prominent presidential candidate. Federal lawsuits based on the First Amendment should be filed by Trump, the Republican Party, and any American voter to object to this governmental action against Trump. The voices of the American voting public are being drowned out by these salacious accusations. The integrity of our election system and our judicial system hang in the balance now as this indictment looms over our nation. For the sake of these most sacred institutions... These frivolous charges should be shut down. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height uh, closing out the show here for Mr. Ed Martin. Glad to be in the booth with you today. Glad Ed is out on assignment. Glad for a couple of great interviews and glad for you to be here with me. I've only got about 50 seconds left, so here's what we're going to do. Piggybacking off the what you need to know, speak the truth relentlessly. What you need to do, go to Twitter. Watch What is a Woman. Uh, Sign up for the Daily Wire Plus if you want. Watch it there if you can't make it in the next few hours. Go and watch it. Share it with your friends. It's important. And go to ProAmericaReport.com. That's where you'll get all of these links, the past standalone segments. Uh, Thank you to Ed for being so faithful on grinding through this show every day with great guests. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our fearless technical director who always keeps us running smoothly. And thank you to you for tuning in. Uh, We will look forward to seeing you back here on the Pro America Report next week. Have a good weekend. America Report on The Answer, San Diego.